When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. This week we have Hall of Famers. Is Trevor Bauer done for good? And we're going to jump into the mailbag right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back to the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. Brig and I are actually here this week. We're not taking this week off. Uh, I'm here in my seat. Brig is in his seat. Welcome, Brig, once again to the podcast. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Oh, good. Anyway, all right. <laughs> let's. Uh, we have a lot to get into this week, like a whole lot to get into. So let's go ahead and get started with that. First, we have the Hall of Fame. Brig, would you like to present? Yeah. I leave the stage to you. Present our Hall of Famers, please. Yes. Derek Jeter. And there we go. That's it. No. <laughs> yes. No. Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, Ted Simmons, and Marvin Miller, who is dead. Thank you very much. So You're welcome. Uh, Derek Jeter, as we know, he got in, and there was only one person who did not vote for him. Um, do you think it's appropriate? Same guy didn't vote for Griffey. That's what I'm going to say. Do you think it's appropriate somebody didn't same vote person. for him? Same person. Same person. Had to have been the same person. Now it's a... Now they self-identify as a loser. Yeah, it's true. Well, and really what it comes down to for me is somebody who's either like legitimately like, well, he he doesn't need my vote or somebody who's just trolling at this point, right? Like I didn't vote for Griffey, I'm not going to vote for Jeter. And maybe I think it is. And maybe he voted for Mariano Rivera because he was like, well, I don't know how many votes he's going to get. So he went ahead and voted for him. I mean, which is weird to say, but well, now hold on, we are making an assumption here. It could be a woman, right? Yeah, it, you, you're right. They could, they could be non-binary. I don't know. We keep saying he. All I'm saying is, this person is a fool. It doesn't matter what their self-identification. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Brig. I'll tell you this. This logic that we're putting into this individual's brain, to me, could only be that of somebody who is so old school that they were in the Baseball Writers Association of America pre-women being allowed. That's all I'm saying. Like, this person might be 90, uh-huh. this person might be 90 years old. Okay. That's, that's where okay. my logic, that's why I say he. But anyways. I feel you. This person like might that. have voted, or might not have voted for Babe Ruth when, they, when, they, when it happened. I mean, they might have been around. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying here. It was an ancient, ancient person. And then as soon as they die and they're no longer voting, we could be getting more unanimous because this person is not around to just troll everyone around. Yep. I love it. There we go. Well, let's just decide it's a man. Yes. For that sake. And he's an old school fool. Old school fool. Crotchety old man. Just so grumpy all the time. Curmudgeonry. Yes. Curmudgeonry. Full time curmudgeonry. Full time. Yep. Well... Next year, though, um, and if I remember right, I think we called this 
nobody got voted in next year. I think we said that we're probably going to see a year without. I said that was my hope. I didn't know if it would happen. But I do I do recall saying I really hope that's what happens. We need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it worked out. And uh, yeah. next year there will not be anybody inducted to the Hall of Fame. High five for me, Brig. Boom. Have had. There we go. Bam. Very good. Okay. Outstanding. Moving on. We have um, Trevor Bauer is still not playing baseball. His um, what administrative mm-hmm. leave, is that what they're calling it? I think it's gone to a full Has suspension it? at this well, point. Well, essentially. Due to the investigation. Right. Yeah, I think what it is is they're not. So I think they're not calling it a suspension because with a suspension, you don't get paid. But with administrative leave, you, leave, you do get paid. And I think part of the reason they do that, I was thinking about this. Um, like, why, why are they putting him on leave instead of just suspending him? I think what they're doing is they're putting him on leave because uh, if they suspend him and he loses money, then he has a, a case for defamation against this individual, right? Because there were and damages. potentially Major League Baseball. Yes, exactly. So, because mm. the case came back and he was essentially proven innocent, but Major League Baseball is still looking into what exactly went on. So... If this comes back and, you know, nothing was wrong, if he didn't do anything wrong besides get a little freaky, and by that I mean a lot, um, and he wasn't paid for this entire time, he would definitely have a case for defamation, in my opinion. I think that's why they're doing this, why they're calling it administrative leave, and he's getting paid to not play. Well, either way, he's not coming back to play any baseball this year. Nope. That's that's the inevitability we all kind of have been waiting to happen. Mm -hmm more officially but here here we are and they've said no more trevor bauer this year the investigation persists it is ongoing and until it's concluded which we do not expect to have happen until the end of this the season has ended mm-hmm. <clears throat> then we can't let him on the field right so no more trevor bauer and i'm curious but the go ahead dodgers still win they're still uh, in, yeah because so. i mean they upgraded to max scherzer let's be honest i'd rather have scherzer than bauer as much as i liked watching bauer pitch and he was doing great I'd rather have Scherzer. Well, and he Scherzer just hit three thousand strikeouts. He did, in and at right before that, he threw his third immaculate inning. Exactly. So, talk about an upgrade. You're exactly right. <laughs> so, they're really not missing him. They, I, I'm assuming, they don't want him back. But the question I have, though, is like, is he going to be done for good? I mean, LA doesn't want him no. back. No, 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 no. No, Pittsburgh will take him if nobody else does. Like, it's there's a place for him to play baseball. Yeah. It's no problem. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. We love Pittsburgh. But I'm just saying there are teams out there who need a guy so bad, and they might need the charisma. They might need the loud. They might need something to market, even yeah. though it's controversial. Mm-hmm. That's what the Raiders make their money on every, every year, especially <laughs> for like 30 years. Well, more than that, I think. But no, I, I don't know. I, the problem is the problem the Dodgers have is that they don't have a team option. He has a player option after this season. And so I don't know if they're going to be able to get out of his contract. If they're, if they're able to get out of his contract, it's going to have to be some major thing that comes to light. And if that happens, I don't see him playing after that. That's, that's really what I see. I mean, Yasiel Puig hasn't been picked up. Nobody's, I mean, they've, they've gotten to the point where the juice just isn't worth the squeeze for that guy, right? Yeah. No, you're right. So, And I, and I wonder if uh, if teams are going to be like, you know, Bauer's not worth the trouble. Because there are a lot of people who don't think he was to begin with. 
Yeah. And if, yeah, if something right. happens that the uh, the Dodgers are able to terminate his contract, if it's that bad, nobody's going to want him. Interesting. So. See, I disagree. I think somebody somewhere will capitalize on the opportunity unless it's affected by the collective bargaining agreement coming up at the end of the season mm. because there could be some stipulations in player conduct or – I mean, literally, the whole thing's up for grabs, right? right. So. yeah. Whatever they decide to renegotiate, I think could affect people like Puig, like uh, uh, Trevor Bauer, like these, you know, I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting because if you get into a situation where the market share is more even keel, then then maybe that maybe he won't get picked up by anybody because there's not so much desperation. Yeah, and not so much desperation with the gate either. To draw, right, or to not right. draw, I guess, because of broadcast yeah. and yeah, tickets. Exactly, there's all kinds of economy or economics going on yeah. here. It's, it's the whole thing's fascinating, but I, you know, I think I can see a case for him never coming back. I don't think you're wrong. It's, but I can see a case for a team being desperate enough to to try because yeah. they did that with Puig for a couple of years too. Yeah, he kind of bounced around a little bit, but it, it is it's really interesting to see like how the dominoes are going to fall with this based on like you said the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, what happens with his contract before that it's it's going to be crazy to watch like this is like actually a really big deal uh to set a precedence for guys who have issues in the future um you know with domestic violence and sexual assault whatever else happens to fall under the umbrella but which is it's too bad but it's not going to stop no right people are people it's always been around it's always going to be around and it's and they're going to do everything they can to curtail it, but stuff is going to come to light. I'm just glad that baseball or the teams or whatever, they they don't have as much power and they're not as interested in repressing these storylines as they have been in the past, right? Because in the past, a lot of this was kept down, settled out, you know, in, in outside of court and everything and just lots of hush money and stuff like that. Yeah. But but now it's like so many people are saying, no, 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 Me Too kind of a thing, right? Like the Me Too movement. Oh, and it, I think it's great, right? We need to shed light on the things that are real problematic. And then there need to be severe consequences because if you're going to represent the game of baseball, not to put it on a pedestal but still, above no, any other institution. Mean. I mean, it's like the NFL. But you know what I mean? The NFL has the, yeah. the whole thing with protecting the shield. MLB needs to have right. something along those lines. Like you're out there representing right. yourself, your team, your city. You know, don't don't be an idiot. You know? Well, and all the hopes and dreams of every little boy and girl out there. And you mm-hmm. know, I mean, like it goes way deeper. And it's, I think that it's too bad we have to make them heroes, and that they do have to live up to a higher standard than normal people. Like it, it's too bad. And I'm the first one to admit that sucks. That is rough place to be. Yeah, but. There is a level of social responsibility that comes with that. There just is. So as an institution, Major League Baseball has to defend their energy. They have to defend it mm-hmm. because if they don't, nobody else will. Right. Yep. Ugh. Sorry. No, that was this good. This is me getting off my horse. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, let's Hold on. Let's skip down for a little bit. Talking about We talked a little bit about the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, this yeah. last week, Hunter Renfro said something really interesting. So... The Red Sox have been in the middle of a pretty significant COVID outbreak. Like, Chris Sale got it again. Like, they've been depleted. Yeah. That's part of the reason they've been losing. Um, and I hope they continue yeah. to lose because they got the Mariners this week. But anyways, 
Um, <laughs> sorry, Boston. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Boston. But I mean, I hope you, I hope you die on this hill. This, just the beginning of this week, and then forward, because yeah, I don't yeah. want you to make the playoffs. But anyways, so Hunter Renfro, <laughs> Hunter Renfro said that MLB told them told the Red Sox to stop testing in this COVID outbreak to just treat symptoms. Don't test. And I was like, mm. well, that's interesting they would do that. Then MLB comes out and says, no, we didn't. We never said that. And then at first, yeah. the Red Sox didn't say anything. They didn't say a thing no. about this. And then finally, they came out like, no, they never told us that. They never told us that. And I was like, why on earth would Hunter Renfro make this up? And I thought about it. And you know what I thought? I was like, what would Briggs say about this? Briggs would say... <laughs> Oh man, the CBA is expiring, <laughs> and the players are trying to turn the people against the front office the, of not the Red Sox but their team as well against Major League Baseball against yeah. anybody wearing a suit that they're like clearly not caring about the players. But then like it's like so who do you believe here? And honestly, I believe Major League Baseball in this situation because that just seems irresponsible and stupid for them to do that personally. Which we know Rob Manfred is capable and has a habit of doing. Listen. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> oh man. Well and so it's funny you bring that up because when we were talking about it earlier, I was like why is Renfro the patsy here? Like, <laughs> yes. Whose agenda? Whose agenda is he fulfilling? And why has it got to be Hunter Renfro? You know, of all the people that could fall on their sword for this cause, it's got to be Hunter Renfro. Like it, it to me, it just doesn't add up. So, it. I think he's maybe been tasked. Maybe he drew straws. They drew straws, and he got the short end of the stick. I don't maybe. know. Maybe I'm but, not sure, but. Yeah, and I wondered if maybe he was like the player rep for the union. I can't, I can't find it for sure. But yeah, well, and that's what I mean. Like, why? Anyway, I just the the one thing I know about Hunter Renfro is don't run on him. Like, oh well, yeah, mm-hmm. no, dude's got a cannon. Don't ended the game dude has got a week. cannon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, was that amazing? I was like, <laughs> holy crap! I'm so mad, I'm so mad. Seriously, break. I need the Red Sox <laughs> to lose every game from now to the beginning of October. I know. <laughs> they're not going to. I'm sorry. I know they're not. They won't. I know they're not. Know. It's not going to happen. The Yankees might, though. The Yankees <laughs> dude, legitimately might. Dude, you've got a case. They beat the Twins in 10 today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> struggle. They're driving the struggle bus right like now, by the way. They are. No, they've painted it. They've called it their they home. They wrapped it. <laughs> they wrapped it. They moved Glaber Torres to second base. DJ's going to third base. I mean, like, bro. It's crazy. They're like, you know what? Nothing's working. You know what we should do? Shuffle the infield. Just go crazy. Just, just go crazy with all of it. Who cares? We got What could we lose? I'm like, I don't know. The playoffs. Maybe the playoff spots. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm only a little bitter and scared. It's be- it's fear is what yeah. it is. Tremendous fear, I'm sure. I believe you. I understand it. I understand Ooh, it. Trust anyway. me. Trust me, because the Mariners are playing meaningful baseball yes, right do. now, and uh, <laughs> finally, yeah, finally, it's been a few years, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, every day is like I'm a wreck. I'm just a wreck, Brig. I don't know how you do this every year. 
It's just, <laughs> I'm so stressed out all the time. You mean the playoff race thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's re- it's rough. Yeah, man. it's almost it's almost better that the Mariners are only only in it every like four or five years because I might it it's gonna take years off my life. I'll be honest with you. I'm dude. I was just gonna say, me and my cardiologist are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are. And the pain and the pain management. Yeah, guy. there you like, go. We go back. Yeah, we got the opium den. All of them. <laughs> every single one of them. Shut up, you! Like it's you're in Arizona. You don't need to go to opiates. Okay, we all know how that yeah. goes. Yeah. All right, let's finish with this. Let's finish with this before we go to break here. Um, okay. Okay. Let's look at the playoff picture now that we're talking about it. Take a little a little look at the playoff yeah. picture. Do our update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our weekly update uh, to get you through. Um, by the way, the Mariners Woo! currently have runners on the corners in the bottom of the first with nobody out. What? Yeah, yeah, this might happen, Brig. This might just happen. Um, it just might. But anyway, very so American League looks uh, very similar to how it did. We still have the Rays, Astros, and White Sox on top of their respective divisions, and that's going to be the way that's going to stay. Uh, nobody's catching. The Rays are up, what, like nine games right now? Yep. Yeah, they got nine games on the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, and nine and a half on the well, it's eight and a half. Eight and a half. It's eight on the red. The Blue Jays are eight games back. Boston's eight and a half. Yankees are nine games back. Okay. Something may not have updated. Anyway. So. Um, well, the Blue Jays are losing too. I don't understand what's happening. Well, after they put up 44 runs in 24 hours on the, on the Orioles. I know. And now they've lost four in a row. Well, no, 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 no. That was uh, the Blue. You're talking about Blue Jays? We talking yeah, about the same. Toronto's lost t- four in a row, or they won four. Yeah, in a there row. you go. I was like, we talking about the They've same Blue Jays here, same birds. No. Yeah, no, I'm not. Sorry, <laughs> two birds, two birds, one. There stung. you go. Okay. <laughs> no, they won four in a row. Okay. Sorry. All right. Very good. But yeah, no, they. Uh, so they they were being no hit into the ninth inning or seventh inning of the second yeah. game of a doubleheader and go on and put up like yeah, eleven runs, twelve runs in one inning, and then the very next day they go up and they put up. Um, what was it? Twenty-two, and in, the, yeah, in game one of that doubleheader, they put up twelve. Like they're they're peaking at the Stupid. right time, and it's a little scary. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah. So they've got about they've got a, a half game, depending on which standings you're looking at. Because mine update throughout the day. Are you looking at Baseball Reference, Brig? No, I'm in the MLB app. Okay, all right. So that may have updated. I don't know, um, but the Mariners. I, I got the Mariners three back, the A's three back, and then the Angels are ten. They're not gonna do anything. Don't worry about that. But, yeah, but I mean, no, you've I'm got five teams, five teams, Brig, within three games. I know the American League That's is the... gonna be wild and crazy to end with. I mean, it's been wild and crazy all year. It has been. And the Yankees win thirteen in a row, and now they can't, <laughs> can't spell win if with a crayon. Like it, <laughs> they couldn't possibly <laughs> win the crayon. Very good. I like it. Okay. Like, what the freak? Do you want a blue crayon? Would it help? Maybe. Maybe they've been using an orange crayon. I don't know. I'm not sorry. Sure. <laughs> but anyways, let's I'm go just, to the National. I'm league. angry. Let's go to the National. I'm angry. League. So. Okay. <laughs> the National League is crazy as well. Not quite so much as it was. Uh, but you've got the Giants, Brewers, and Braves on top of their respective divisions. But the yep. Dodgers have closed the gap. Yes. That is a big deal. That is a really big Bonkers. deal. Bonkers. Because both those teams, we already know they're going to make the playoffs. Because they have 
The Dodgers have sixteen a sixteen game lead for the first spot in the wild card. Like that's sixteen. Six one six. Yes. Yes. So many games. That was not a typo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got uh in the wild card after that you have the Reds and they yeah. they closed the gap. I didn't think they were actually gonna like finish, like complete the what what's the what's the phrase? Um complete the act or whatever. I didn't think they were gonna yeah. be able to make it make it to the wild card spot. Uh but they're currently technically tied with the Padres. It looks like to me, the Reds probably have a tiebreaker to some degree over the Padres, but we could see. I don't know if we're going to see a one game playoff or what, or if they're going to do the tiebreaker. I love the one game play in, dude. Those are my favorite. Could you imagine a one game play in for a one game play in? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't it the best? That'd be outstanding. I would love that me so too. much. That's what baseball needs right now, it, honestly. Needs it sudden death. No, winner goes home, lose, or loser goes home, winner keeps playing that that's that's what we need yep yep um and so then behind the padres we've got the the cardinals are a game back the phillies are two and a half yeah and they kind of came out of nowhere as well well they've kind of been lingering around like they'll get in they'll sneak in there and then they're like oh whoa we're winning too much okay let's lose a few games uh, nah, while everybody else yeah, is winning. i don't feel comfortable I, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like feels weird i had a coach in high school <laughs> Uh, tell us that we were afraid of winning because our age group had never like gotten over the hump to make it to like the World Series. He goes, "You guys are wow. just he's like you guys are afraid of winning. Like, what's the problem?" I'm like, "Coaching." <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> no, we didn't say that. Yeah, baby, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so the Mets are three games back. Then you have got the Rockies after that. Uh, the Mets are a mess. I don't think that they're gonna, no. they're not gonna close that gap. But the Phillies very well could. I don't know that they will, but it's possible. It is possible. And they've got the Cubs. Got they've got the Cubs, Mets, the Orioles all the time. They've got the Cubs, Mets, Orioles, Pod, uh, Pirates, not Padres, and then the Marlins end the season. In between there, they've got the Braves. That's a pretty favorable schedule. It's favorable, but the Braves. That's going to be a rough deal. Yeah, it's only three games though. It's not that bad. It's still, the though, if they lose those three games. Yeah, the Phillies do lose to bad teams, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it, and the Braves aren't a bad team, by the way. No, they're, they're a very good division. team. Very good team at the Braves. Yeah. So, I but, don't know, man. Yeah, you're, I don't know. That's I, weird. That second playoff spot, or wild card spot, is going to be funky business. It's all going to be funky business. I'm excited to watch, <laughs> like, what, we've got three weeks left in the season? Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. And I told you, man, I'm stressed to the max about this. Every day I wake up with just some existential <laughs> dread that the Mariners are going to win today. They lost two out of three against the Diamondbacks this, this weekend after sweeping them down here. I'm just I like, don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Me neither. I just None. It's so much dread. I can't even handle it. But let's go mm. ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to jump into the mailbag. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame, for it's one, two, 
three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball shirts at nineplusss.com. I actually have a hobby that has nothing to do with baseball, and Brad, I think, is a little jealous. In the tiny bit of spare time that I have, I get punched in the face. Or I'm punching someone else. Either way, my friends and I try to hit each other. Now, before you think I'm crazy, there is a lot of protective gear involved. And I get my gear from Venom. Unbeatable quality at truly affordable prices. Not to mention it's the best looking equipment on the market. If that's not enough, Venom just signed an enormous deal with UFC, and that equipment and apparel is now available at Venom.com. So whether you need new gloves, a heavy bag, or performance apparel, Venom.com is the place to shop. You can support our show and get 10% off when you use the link in the description. Welcome back, baseball family. Brad and I decided we would take a little sojourn into the mailbag. We're very excited about it. We have some great questions, actually, that have come through. If your question does not get read, it's because we loved it so much that we decided to make it its own episode segment later. But we're always looking for more content to talk about and answer and whatever. So go ahead and jump into the mailbag. You can do so by referencing BaseballTogether.com. That's the best way to get there. Drop us a line in the mailbag, and we will answer those calls. Okay. Brad. Oh, speaking of calls, real quick, Brig, you can also leave us a voicemail if you would like to submit to the mailbag that way. Correct. Um, there is a link on every single episode that uh, you can go straight to the voicemail. This is something that the podcast hosting platform that we use provides for us. Um and so, yeah, just if you don't want to submit to the mailbag, just click the link in the description, and you can leave us a voicemail. I think that would be pretty neat, too. We would love that. Yeah, We would absolutely love it. Brad, the first question I'm going to ask you from the mailbag is, okay. why are there not more baseball crossover athletes like Michael Jordan? And Bo Jackson, Deion and Sanders. Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, yeah. There are a few that are noteworthy. You could include mm-hmm. Tim Tebow. I would say that's fair. Well, the difference between Tebow, though, and like those other guys, he didn't do it at the same time. Like Jordan didn't technically do it at the same time either. I was just going to say that. But Bo Jackson did, and, and so, so did Dion. Dion right. did it in the same day. He did it in the same day. So oh, there's that. With playoffs. Ooh. Yeah. So exciting. <laughs> yeah. So Yes, but why do you think, Brad? So I think honestly, it's because professional, like professional sports, has gotten to be so nitpicky and intense that you can't focus on more than one sport at a time. So, for instance, um, the Mariners have a switch hitting catcher. His name is Cal Raleigh. Big fan. I like the guy mostly because uh, he was really nice to Wilson <laughs> at spring training last year. <laughs> so. Uh, so I'm a big Cal Raleigh fan, pulling for the guy, hoping he does well. But anyways, so uh, Mike Blowers on the Mariners TV broadcast was actually talking about this. He's like, well, you don't. He's, uh, they asked him. They said, they said, Blow, why don't you see more switch hitting catchers? And he said, well, there's a lot that goes into it. First off, as a catcher, you've got to maintain your relationship with every single pitcher on the staff, every starting pitcher, 
every bullpen pitcher, every relief pitcher, all of them. You have to know their pitches. You have to understand them. You have to have a relationship with them. Now, that takes a lot of time. Now, as a switch hitter, you're spending, or as a, as a hitter, you're spending X amount of time in the, in the cage every single day trying to work on your swing, right? Well, yep. a switch hitter has to do that double because double. you're not going to cut your reps in half and just do half on one side, half on the other. No, you're going to do your full reps on your right side. You're going to do your full reps on your left side. So a switch hitting catcher has to go spend all that time with the pitchers, spend all that time swinging from the right side, all that time swinging from the left side. That is a whole lot of work. Now think about if you've got somebody, for instance, Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. He was drafted by the Oakland A's. And there's a thought when he was coming out of college from out of Oklahoma, people were saying, you know, maybe he can do both. He's a quarterback. No chance. No chance. You've seen cool runnings, right, Brig? Of course. So you know I can't believe uh, you asked me that. You, okay, I, I, then I know you're going to know the part that I'm talking about here. When they're getting their assignments for their spot in the sled, and Sanka's like, I'm going to be the driver. I'm going to be the driver. Yeah. And uh, John Candy, he's like, no, Sanka, you're going to be the brake man. Because the driver is the first guy to practice, the last guy to, the last guy to leave practice. When all his buddies are down to the bar drinking beers, he's in the hotel room studying the turns because his life or the his life and the life of everybody else in the sled is in his hands. The same kind of concept applies for an NFL quarterback, right? So yeah. the fact that Kyler yeah. Murray was coming out of college as a quarterback and not a running back, receiver, cornerback, safety, whatever, it's like there's no way he's going to have time to play baseball because he's got so much on his hands as a, as a quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in the 80s or 90s where it was – a lot more just kind of roll the ball out there and play both ways, no matter what sport you're playing. Maybe. But now things have gotten to be so technical, so analytical, that yeah. there is no way that anybody can cross over and play two sports at once because it, being a professional athlete, whatever sport you're in, is a year-round job. And if yeah. you're not taking it that seriously, you're out. You're not going to make it. And so I, th- I think you know Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, those guys relied on pure athleticism to a certain degree in both sports, I feel like to get by and i mean both guys are some of the best football players we've ever seen bo was one of the greatest baseball players we've ever seen Dion left sure. a little bit i feel like to be on a little bit on the table but outside of his speed but yeah most guys i wouldn't say athletic. he's one of the greatest baseball players ever no yeah but most guys are not that freakishly athletic and they're not going to get by being able to do that so i feel like i feel like that's my long-winded way of saying that's why we don't see crossover athletes anymore. Yeah. So I agree. And for me, the, the entire situation comes down to sabermetrics. I think once technology mm-hmm. and analytics, like you said, got that involved, and you could really nitpick every segmented detail about your game, and it, didn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is, man. You re- really can drill all the way down. You see some of these people taking BP with one arm, and they have a specific bat they use for for you know just their lead arm, mm-hmm. and then they take their and then they use their a different tool for their rear arm, right? The the, the back arm, and then they put them both together, and then now we have three tools that we're building that we've built into one training event. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a lot of detail. That's a lot of segmented, honed, finely tuned you know precision 
honestly, yeah. that goes into it. You know, and it's a time issue. It's a time issue. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you got to sleep. And it doesn't matter who you are. Yep. Yep. So that's yeah, why. So that's yep. That is why. Very yeah. good. Excellent question. I thought that was great. All right. Let me ask you another question here. Um, all-time favorite baseball position and why, Brad? Um, mine would be spring training. Mm. Um, and I mean, I live in the land of spring training now, so it's a little different. But at the same time, um, growing up, it was always mid-February, and I never, it was a long time before I actually understood why my dad would, like, grab, like, kind of, like, you know, hit my shoulder about about my birthday, middle of February, maybe yeah. beginning of February, and be like, hey, you want to go play some catch? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, so we're out there tossing and just talking. And then he goes, you know, pitchers and catchers report next week. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Brig, it was the exact same thing every single year. It was always, let's go play some catch. You know, pitchers and catchers report next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, nice. so that was so spring training for me has always marked obviously, you know, the beginning of the season, but also um, a point for me where it's like, I actually need to start throwing if I'm going to have my arm ready for the season, you know, like I think that was part of it as my dad was kind of helping me prepare and get ready for things. Um, But also, um, but it's snow starting to melt. The weather's starting to warm up. Um, You're watching day baseball every single day over spring break. And, one of my most vivid memories watching baseball growing up was watching uh, the Cubs wear green. Yeah. Or the Cubs, like the Cubs of the White Sox on WGN wearing green mm. on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought it was weird that I happened to walk in every single year <laughs> while that game was on. <laughs> and it's one of the things that really stuck with me. But uh, but I love it. I absolutely love that that's one of my favorite, one of my earliest baseball memories was uh, was watching you know, the Chicago teams wear green on St. Patrick's Day. So, so I'd have to say overall, though, spring training is my favorite baseball tradition. What about you? Uh, take me out of the ball game. No, no questions asked for me. It happens every time. It happens at every level. And it doesn't matter who you are or what team you're rooting for or whatever. It's the moment in the game where we put all that aside and we unify uh, with the love of baseball, it's culturally significant. It's it's transcended decades now. I mean, we're we're coming up on almost a century of that song existing, and yeah. and for me, it has sentimental value, extra sentimental value. So I get baseball together is is what we do, right? And so for me, take me out of the ball game epitomizes baseball together. Honestly, mm, yeah. that's that's what it, it's all about, because everybody in the stadium does this together, and it's it's magical. It's the best. Everybody knows the word. Everybody knows what we're doing. Sometimes we compete on root 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 for the what, but it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. That's the part. That's it's all part of the magic, right? So when I sing "Take mm-hmm. Me Out of the Ball Game," I do it a, the original traditional way, which is not the way most people sing it. And um, because I'm a purist and that's just the way I go. So I'll tell you a quick story The take me out of the ball game is so special to me for a couple of reasons. One, because of every time I go to the ballpark, we have this experience. But on top of that, when I brought my daughter home for the first time, right from the hospital, and it was my turn to lie her down for a nap. 
and my wife went in and took a nap and I was st- she was asleep and I'm holding this child who's about as you know tiny <laughs> she's this tiny little thing and I'm walking her to her crib and I say to myself well now wait a minute a really good dad would sing a lullaby before I put her down nap and I didn't I didn't know any lullabies like I didn't know. <laughs> I what am I gonna do? So I sat there and I thought, well, holy crap! So I went through my head really quickly the catalog of songs that I thought. I mean, I you know a lifetime worth of music, right? So I get this, and I'm like, what songs could I make a lullaby if I had to? And I landed literally. I landed on "Take Me Out of the Ball Game," and I slowed it way <laughs> down, and I made it a little just a little more sing songy than it already is. Uh huh. And Every single night for five years, we've sang Take Me Out of the Ball Game. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because I used to do the same thing with Wilson when he was little. Yeah. Um, like, he would want me to sing, like, certain songs, but that was one uh, when he would request songs. He'd be like, Take Me Out of the Ball Game? I'm like, yeah, okay. You got definitely. it. You know, yeah. and actually, Stella, my daughter, who, for those of you who don't know, who has autism, she is nonverbal, has very limited... Uh, very limited vocabulary, but basically just like uh, labels is pretty much it. Yeah. But she loves to sing. She loves, loves to sing. And Take Me Out to the Ball Game is one of a handful of songs that she actually knows because we've watched it on YouTube a thousand times on, uh, she <laughs> likes the Super Simple Songs channel. Yeah. And that's one of the songs that she's she's watched enough that she knows that song. And it, honestly, Brig, it makes me want to cry every single time. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And she's so, so cute, man. She <laughs> Thanks, man. So adorable, dude. Oh. When she came downstairs Thanks, hauling that laundry basket full of stuffies. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, felt, I was like, you get it, girl. And I was so for those of you who don't know, I went to visit Brad and I was on an air mattress in his front room. And it was <laughs> glorious and there every morning at like six thirty or seven o'clock in the morning. Dude, you're lucky she slept in. I know. <laughs> I know. And here she Because it pl- very well could have been five thirty. <laughs> she plops right down, turns on the T V and dumps this hamper of stuffed animals out onto the air mattress. And I'm like I'm like, Hi Stella and she looks at me like and then looks back at the TV. <laughs> like you do not belong here, but I have other priorities. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly how it goes. So funny. Yeah. What a so cute funny. kid. Okay. Oh, I love it. Real quick, Brig. So take me out to the ball game. I have a little bit of trivia for you. I'm gonna oh, put no. you on the spot here. Don't don't yeah. don't say the D so, word. I'm gonna I'm using it. Okay, so I'm not I'm gonna assume you don't know who wrote the song. I don't. His name's Jack Norworth is who is credited with writing the song. It was him and another guy, Albert Van Tilzer. But okay. Jack Norworth is the one who has uh Primary has credit of writing the song. Okay. So my question to you, Brig, uh, had he ever been to a baseball game? Was he a huge Yankees fan? Like, what was his status as a baseball fan, do you think? Wow, that's... So you're talking... You want to know, like, the principal writer of the song. Uh-huh. Was he a baseball fan? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. He'd never been to a game in his life. Granted, it was 1908. Yeah. yeah. So going to a game was, an, it was a different experience. But yeah. at the same time, to me, it's crazy that he has the experience down. And maybe the experience is what he has created. The Peanuts, the Cracker Jacks, 
root, root, root for the home team, all of it. But it's crazy that this song, somebody had never been to a game and shaped baseball culture for over 100 years. Yeah. You wait, he wrote in 1904? 1908. 1908. Okay. When was the that first recording that we all hear all the time? I'm not sure. I don't know which. Because well, I thought I mean, that Harry was Carey in. The, was, I thought that was in the 30s. Harry Carey. It might have been. I mean, like I, said, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the song was written in 1908. So I did I'm not sure know that. I didn't know, later on, but. dude. I didn't know it was. It that's 30 years older than I thought it was. Honestly. Yeah. Crazy, that's awesome. Huh? Yeah, I love it. So, so uh, let me amend my previous statement that we're now past a century. Yeah. Not so. That's really Just cool, nuts. man. That's really cool. So, so I uh, real quick talk about that, transcendent. I <laughs> I, uh, I used to play this trivia game on my computer. That's why I know a lot of random crap. Uh, and that was actually one of them. Was like, was had he ever been to a baseball game? I thought they made it up. I was like, there's no way. So I've looked that up several times. Just to growing up, check. just yeah. over the course of my life, just to verify, just to reinforce that, making sure it's not some Mandela effect thing. You yeah, know? yeah. But that's bomb. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. All right, mm. last thing here, real quick, before we go to a break and then get to more, um, let's go with uh, let's. Quinn has another one that I think is really interesting. It'd be a good one to go into a break to give some perspective here. Mm. How many pounds of force is it when you get hit by a ninety mile per hour fastball? Like, what's the equivalent? Is it like a Conor McGregor left hook or more? So this is one we did a lot of working it out. We, we spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, on this one. it's been months. We coming. it has been months because this is not a simple question. Not even a little bit. So we spent a whole lot of time googling um, jewels, pounds of force, all kinds of fun things to go along with this. And um, I mean, long story short, what it comes down to is uh, a ninety mile an hour fastball. In fact. A 105 mile an hour fastball from Ross Fast, Chapman, the fastest ever recorded, uh, does not come close. You would rather get hit by a 105 mile an hour fastball in the ribs than get punched by any any fighter, especially elite, in the ribs. Yeah, an elite fighter. And let's be clear. To, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's Rick. be clear. Getting punched in the ribs sucks. Okay, it's not. <laughs> yeah. This is not a fun. Getting hit by a baseball in the ribs sucks. It sucks <laughs> too, right? Let's be super clear about this. Yeah. So, so I get in, I get punched in the face for fun. That's kind of what I do. And I'm telling you, when this question came through, I was like, "Yeah, that's a good question." So way to go, Quinn. We appreciate you challenging us and also enriching our lives exponentially. Yes. But we, I, I mean, I'm t- watch Mike Tyson. You like just go watch the Mike Tyson highlights and figure that that the the amount of pressure that that dude is is generating is is like yeah. three four times what you'd get out of a hundred and five mile an hour fastball. Well, uh, so I out of the so let's put the, let's put some numbers to this real quick, Brick. Yeah, so the hundred and five that's still that's one hundred and sixty point three four joules. Yeah, okay? if you're getting hit by. Uh, if you're getting punched by an elite fighter, and yeah. this is like what? What is it? Close range? Is that what it is? Close, yeah. You short range. I do. Short range power punches. So that's we're talking like close distance, elite hook, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, and that's 241.34. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot for those could be of you who a, aren't Could be sure. a rear uppercut, you know, yeah. something like that. But yeah. yeah, and so somebody like Mike Tyson is going to hit you with more than that. I'm sure more Conor McGregor is going to hit you with more than that. Um, yeah, you'd rather get hit with a baseball. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, and Conor McGregor's not a heavyweight. That's why I bring up Mike Tyson. So you talk about right, Mike Tyson, yeah. you, you, you talk about Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. You get some of these boxers at that heavy, heavyweight level, right? And they are generating far more than what you'd ever imagine. I mean, can you, like, you literally, one from Mike Tyson when he misses, we talk at baseball all the time about, man, he just barely missed it, but he's sure he just snuck it over that porch, right, in right field at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. Yeah. Even though he missed, right? If Conor McGregor punched you, Mike Tyson punched you and missed, you're still going to die. Like, yes. The average yeah. person <laughs> is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting in so. a car accident with no airbags. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, bad news bears. bears. <laughs> you we need a break so bad <laughs> yes we do take a break we'll get back with more mailbag no matter which ballpark you're at you want to rep your team now you can with nine plus us welcome to the big city series with every design available in your team's colors you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road either way we have the colors you crave Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the Nine North Sports Podcast, where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Nine North Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Welcome back, baseball family. Let's get into this last segment. We have four more mailbag questions to talk with you about. Um, One of them that we're going to get into first is from Tim Jensen. Um, And this is something that I've addressed multiple times over the course of the couple years we've been doing this. So you guys all know who my all-time favorite player is, but I don't think anybody who doesn't follow us on TikTok knows who Briggs' favorite player is. So, Brig, who is your all-time favorite player and why? <laughs> and why? why? Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. Thank you, Tim, for the question. Um, a couple things. Derek Jeter is not my favorite baseball player of all time. Hmm. I know. In fact, he's number two. And so, Rick, he was always number two. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> and guess what? Nobody else will be ever again. Okay. That's a good point. You're not wrong. The end. So he's always number two. Um, my favorite baseball player of all time is Lou Gehrig. Actually. Lou Gehrig and I share German heritage which I really like. We also share uh, the burden of injury, and mm. that's not uncommon for baseball players, so it's not necessarily mm. special. But what I find really cool is that, okay, context, he had a deal with Louisville Slugger back before they were Louisville Slugger, and 
they got uh, Hillerick and Bradsby is the name of the company, and they got they had him on a deal, and every year getting to the latter part of his career, and we didn't know it was the latter part of his career, obviously. But I talked to the guy at the Louisville Slugger Bat Factory and Museum who's in charge of record-keeping in the bat vault. That's his whole job. And I talked to him, and I said, you know, tell me about... I, I happened to be there on the day they were going over this cool history stuff. <laughs> it was, literally, I walked in under the coolest circumstances. <laughs> so I get there, and I'm actually with Tim Jensen, actually. He was there with me. There you go. And we get, we get talking about... Uh, these different bats and these different turning models and different weights and you know and they let us handle some of these bats that were by you know these major league players master master bat models anyway long story short they pull out the book they have this huge book full of details about players that have ordered which turning model and which weight and which length and all this you know all these little nuances and they said that they had they been paying closer attention or anybody had any indication that something was wrong with Lou Gehrig, then he would have they would have known something was wrong because going back to look at his records, you can see how he shortened and lightened his bat every year leading up to his relatively his final sudden yeah. final year. Yeah. That's crazy. Exactly. It's crazy, and it was—it's basically the coolest story ever, I think. Um, so, what? But and here's why it's the coolest story ever, because the guy still played baseball. Yeah, he still showed up and went to work every day. He still put in his time. He still got the at bats, and what he decided to do was, knowingly or unknowingly, acknowledge that something was wrong. And that he needed to adjust as many things as possible. And one of the things he adjusted was the tool he was using at the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was swinging a freaking tree trunk at one point, right? And it just well, got all lighter and lighter. Logs at, at that time. You know? <laughs> it, right, exactly. So it, it, so it gets lighter and lighter and lighter and a little bit shorter over time. And they, the guy who manages the book at the Louisville Slugger Bat Factory said, literally said, no, 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 look, you can see it. Progressively, he gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And then to perform at that level throughout, I mean, this is what we're talking about is chronic resilience. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it. It's Not it's, at that level. It's insane. Like, how much shorter and lighter did it get? Was it like a couple inches by the end or was it like fractional? It no, it it was it was like a full inch or so, inch and change. Wow. If I remember right, I, so basically I, it went I from like a thirty-three the... to maybe like a thirty-one and a half. Right, like it was a margin. Wow. It was a noticeable margin. That's significant. One well, and the thing that's and crazy the weight, about that, the, the thing that's crazy about that down. too, with the length of a bat like that, is that like I remember even going from a thirty-three to a thirty-two at some point in in high school, just like. Um, if it just happened to be like that was the bat within reach or there was somebody who was really throwing gas, like, dude, go down an ounce because it's coming in. You feel right. like you feel like you're missing half the plate and it's only an inch. The fact that he felt like he still had the coverage that he had and was able to, to provide that coverage at almost what, an inch and a half shorter, that's nuts. It's crazy to me. I, I can't, mean granted the reps help, but still. Sure, but and I can't remember the dimensions. I'd have to go look it up, but I remember being shocked. 
like yeah. shocked, noticeably like, whoa, that is a significant weight drop. Yeah, like that's, that that's is a crazy. much lighter bat, and it's every year for like three or four years it got lighter and lighter, and wow. for him to perform at that level and still be totally deserving of the Hall of Fame, totally deserving mm-hmm. of all the accolade and everything. I mean, Henry, his name's Henry. Henry is my guy. Yeah. 100%. I That's mean, awesome. And if you haven't seen the film Henry on Amazon, you've got to mm-hmm. go watch it. Yeah. It's so good. It is. It's really good. I actually watched it on your recommendation break. And it is very Thank good. You. I watched it with Wilson. We like it's it a cartoon. Yes. You show it to your kids. Yeah. Like you know, I mean that's that's what it is. It's a cartoon. And it is so good. Mm-hmm. Henry and me is what it's called. Henry that's and right. me. That's right, yeah. Henry and me. I knew there was something else to it, but yeah, Henry and me, it's a great one. Very, very good. It's so cute. Anyway, so Lou Gehrig nine times I mean, hundred percent of the time, he's my favorite baseball <laughs> player ever. Not nine t- I always say nine times out of ten, sorry. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, plus that other time, it's going to be your favorite. Nine times out of ten, and then the other time. (laughs) It's it's always Lou Gehrig. Every time. Derek Jeter edged his way in there, though. He for sure did. And for good reason. For good reason. Yeah, totally. Any hoodles. All right. Let me ask you a question, Brad. Okay, go for it. If you, this is similar, if you could have dinner or a meal, if you could share a meal with any athlete Past or present, who would it be? I might want to sit down with Yogi Berra. Um, what? I mean, I feel like Griffey was the obvious answer, right? Um, yeah. Just because he's my hero. But I, so I felt like I had to go like, who's the next guy in line? <laughs> right? So that's why I would say Yogi Berra because it would be really cool to sit down and talk with somebody, especially like if I was still playing, right? Like if it was... If this was 20 years ago and I was still playing and I could pick his brain and be like, okay, like, what do I need to do to have myself in physical condition to play every single day as a catcher? Because I want to be able to do that. And also, what can I do to improve my plate approach to be able to play every day as a catcher and be a great hitter as well? And also, you know, you're going to... Because that's one of the things. I feel like he was one of the first, like... Power, power hitting catchers is weird to say because Yogi Berra is known for, sure. for his Yogi Berra isms. Because you're going to get a whole lot of those, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, for you sure. know, you're going to be laughing while you're sitting there at dinner or whatever. Um, but no, like, Yogi Berra is actually one of my top five favorite players of all time because of his position. I did not know that. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm so, happy for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> He happens to have been a Yankee. <laughs> so that's amazing. That's my guy right there, Yogi Bear. What about you, Brick? Who would you like to sit down with? My my pick is also a catcher. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. I love Johnny Bench. Oh no, it's not oh, man. Bench. <laughs> that is though. That is a terrific, a terrific guess. It's not Johnny Bench. Okay. It's actually Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson. Okay, go. I want to sit down with Thurman Munson, and I want to know what 
what was his life like? What was his approach to baseball? Because look, everybody loved him. Everybody. And he was this iron horse figure. He was always dependable. He ran everything, right? He was like the leader of of the team, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, right? Everybody respected him, and I'm like, how are you this talented athletically? But more importantly, how do you balance all that fame and all that pressure and all that everything against the social dynamics of baseball, the social dynamics of superstardom, the social dynamics and the cultural dynamics that, that all come to the, to the table? And, I mean, this is a guy that, that was just confident, just mm-hmm. confident, capable. He was a consummate professional. I want to sit down with that guy and learn what it's like to be a good person. There you go. And then I love he, it. obviously, he, you know, he died way too soon. Yeah. And it's yeah. tragic. The whole story is tragic. So it, I feel mm-hmm. like the biography or autobiography that should have come, ne- you know, like yeah. we don't have that. Yeah. Kills me. Because that, talk about a good person. And that's, I would say the same thing about Lou Gehrig, right? Just good people. Yeah. Luckily, fortunately, we have great Lou Gehrig documentation. But we don't have right. great Thurman Munson documentation. Yeah. It bugs me. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks. Alright, next one we have, Brig. Uh, this one says, if you could travel back in time to any game in the history of baseball, what game are you attending? And you called me out, you're like, duh, this is super obvious for you. So, we upped the ante just a little bit. Let's pick two <laughs> games, Brig. What two <laughs> games are you going to go back in time and see? Let's do one and one, and then one and one. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. My first one is game. Hold on. I got it up. Game three in Chicago, 1932. Whoa. I want to see if the babe literally called his shot. I want to know. I want to be standing there. Close to the dugout, third base side. I want to watch that arm go out, and I want to see what the freak actually happened. Was he pointing at the mound or the pitcher circle or whatever it was at the time? Was he pointing <laughs> out in the outfield? I forget. Was he pointing out in the outfield? Was What was it? Did he, did he literally call a shot? I have to know. I got to be at that game. That's the one I'm going to. Number one. Easy. What about you? That's awesome. Okay. Um, so my number one, like Brick called out, called me out on, and for very good reasons, uh, going to Briggs Dark Spot. It's it's Game Five of the nineteen ninety five ALDS. As a Mariners fan, that's like to this point, that's the biggest moment in Mariners history, for sure. And like having watched that game on TV and experienced it that way, like that's all well and good. But as an adult, if I could go back in time and and I don't know if I necessarily. I don't have to know, like I can know the outcome of the game and it still be a good time, right? Yeah. But just like be to be there and see the whole game unfold would be unreal. And I, I mean, you could say that about hundreds of games through the course of Major League Baseball history, right? Because like there were some that came to mind. I'm not going to say the one, my second one, but like one of the ones that came to mind was the the Pine Tar game. Like if oh, I could just yeah. like be there for the last inning and watch that unfold, oh my yeah, gosh! Which half of the Pine Tar game? Which so part? Funny. What's that? 
the, which part of it? Because remember, they had to replay it later. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. If I could be there, if I could be there for the first part of it before it had to part. be replayed, I could yeah, do without yeah, the yeah. second ending. That's just. I'm fine. teasing you, but, man. I'm teasing you. <laughs> but no, the '95 ALDS in Seattle, where yeah. Griffey scores the winning run, um, that would just be like next level. Be so cool to just feel the rush and the experience and experience that in person. So, okay, that's great. Brig, number two for you. I, I'm I'm totally torn. Okay. I mean, the 2016 Game Seven, the World Series. Come. On. Yeah. That might have to be my answer. Okay. But I'm torn, because how could you how could you not watch the flip? How could you not watch? Uh, how could you not watch Cal Ripken play? Mm-hmm. Right. How could you choose to? I mean, they're so much and so hard. <laughs> um, but I think I would be there when, and I know this is homerism. I'm so sorry. But I would be there when Reggie Jackson hit three home runs in the World Series game. That's a good one. I like that. That's well, really I mean, good. I mean, can you imagine? Can you literally? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's a really good one. I like it because that's a big deal. It's a really big well, deal. 19, 1977 World Series. I feel like comes Mr. October. I feel like being it. I've never been in a game where anybody hit more than one home run. Like me neither. If you actually, I feel like being at a game where a guy hits too much less three would just be unreal. That would be some kind of experience yeah. to have. So yeah, very cool. I well, like and he, I think he did it. If I'm not mistaken, Reggie did it on the first pitch of each at bat. He's ready to play. He ate his Wheaties. And real quick, Brig, let me get on a Wheaties. soapbox for, for uh, <laughs> like regarding that because my thing is I tell as a as a, as a baseball coach, um, I tell the kids on the teams that I coach all the time: don't take the first pitch. Hit Do it. not get up there swing ready to swing the bat. If you swing and miss on that first pitch, I don't even care. If you get up there and swing on the first pitch, it, like if it's a ball, I don't care. You're ready to you're Add ready to hit. Yeah. Because that's often going to be the best pitch you're going to see in the at bat. There's no reason to let it go by. Yep. So anyway. Okay. What's down. your second game? Okay. So there were a couple that I was seriously considering, um, and I'll be honest with you, they're both Yankee games, <gasps> and uh, they're both in the same year. Um, one of them was a Yankee win. The other was a Yankee loss. So, Brig, let's go back to 2001. I'm going to make a decision right here, right now, as we talk through this. Okay. Um, So, as a Mariners fan in 2001, uh, I was ready for them to go to the World Series and win. Like I told my parents already, like we need to we need to get ready to order uh, Sports Illustrated because we need to have the the championship package. Like we're gonna have to get that. That was something I told my parents. Well, the course yeah. of history was changed on October thirteenth, two thousand and one, Game Three of the ALDS between the A's and the New York Yankees. Um, in yep. the seventh inning, the A's were getting ready to to put the Yankees away. It was. Getting really close. Time was running out. And then, of course, Derek Jeter, leave it to him to 
anticipate a ball being thrown offline from the right field corner and goes over and grabs it and flips it to home for uh, Jorge Posada, Jorge Posada. To, to tag out. Was it Jeremy Giambi? Jason, it was Jason Giambi. Jason. Jason, Jason Giambi, yeah. And so he tags him out, and that was basically the momentum flip right there. And the series, the Yankees came back. I mean, that was an elimination game. It was an elimination game. The Yankees would have lost and been eliminated. Yes. Gone, and the A's would have right. gone on to play the Mariners. Um, that is a game that I just can't imagine the air getting taken out of that stadium. Because it was in Oakland. It was in Oakland. So just like feeling just like the vacuum of the air just leaving oh. that stadium when that happens. Just like, oh, shoot. We're going to give this oh, team a second God. life? Are you kidding me right now? We would have had a this runner on team. second with a lead. Oof. So that would be just like a crazy game to be at and to watch that happen and just ex- just like I said, just experience that just because that would be insane. Bro, I literally brought that up as one of my honorable mentions because it is huge. Uh huh. Oh, so and I don't care. I don't care what side of the equation you're on. It's huge. It is. It's really big. And I'm just gonna tease real quick. We're gonna do a what if down the road. And I have, that's one of our what-ifs that I want to do. I want to address Brad, that very play. Brad's really excited about I'm that. I'm so excited about this. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, yeah. And, and the other one that I was considering was Game 7 of the World Series that year. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, uh, so last weekend, not this last week, but the weekend before um, Memorial Day weekend, the Mariners were in town, so Wilson and I got to go to a game on Saturday. I went to a game with a buddy on Friday. And yep. uh, the whole weekend they were celebrating the 20th anniversary of the World Series win. And so I kind of got a little bit of the fever. Like I got to go through and see the museum and uh, so where cool. they have the, the commissioner's trophy on display, everything. I got to see all that. So that I kind of awesome. got the fever. And it would be really cool as somebody who lives in Phoenix now to like ex- to just experience that. So that was my honorable mention. But anyway, I guess I, I chose it. three. So Fine. <laughs> go ahead with the last one here, break. <laughs> Okay. All right, the last one, baseball family. We want to know this is <laughs> this question came up. <laughs> Cancel culture came after hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, the question now is what should the newest all-American portable snack be <laughs> if it's not hot dogs? <laughs> and Brad, I'm going to let you why don't you answer this question? <laughs> well, my my question, I'm going to answer this question in a form of a question. Well, what's question, wrong with hot dogs? It, yeah, what, what's nothing, wrong with sir. hot dogs? <laughs> nothing. Why does I, I think I missed something with cancel culture and hot dogs? I don't understand what's going on with hot dogs being canceled. <laughs> don't cancel hot dogs, please. <laughs> don't. Please don't cancel hot dogs. I'll, I'll tell you this, Brig. <laughs> if if hot dogs get canceled, the newest all-American portable snack should be a Polish sausage. <laughs> or Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair. I think Denise knows all about that, right? <laughs> yes, she does. Definitely. Very good. All right, baseball family, we really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. 9plusus.com. You can jump on there. 
and get whatever you want. We got all kinds of stuff that is specific to the teams without being specific to the teams. We have other stuff too. We have a lot of stuff that's for that you know pop culture references and different things like that. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, etc. So go ahead and get yourself something nice. I'm gonna just plug this softly right now because I know we're all looking at pumpkins, but it is a great time to jump in and get Christmas gifts way ahead of schedule so that you're not caught behind the curve. So jump in there, 9plusus.com, grab yourself and the loved one something nice, and then you're done. No problems. No well, worries. And real quick, Brig, if you want to, um, I noticed something. I was, I was tinkering with some stuff on the shop a while ago, and I noticed if you want a Halloween baseball shirt, Go into the San Francisco section and get yourself a black Giants shirt. Yep. And I should say a black San Francisco baseball together shirt because it looks very Halloween-y. It really does. So happy Halloweeners. orange, yes. orange all over it, honestly. Yep. Black, orange, black and orange all over. Very good. Anyway, if you want to submit, us a, submit a question to us for the mailbag for our next mailbag episode, because I've, as you can tell, we love doing this. It's a lot of fun. Um, go so to baseballtogether.com. There is a link in the navigation. You can send us uh, send us a, uh, a message with your questions, comments, concerns, and snide remarks as well. If you'd prefer, you can leave us a voicemail. There is a link in the doobly-doo of every episode. And uh, we'll get to that, and we'll also address that during our next mailbag episode. And we'll give you a shout-out either way. But baseball family, this has been fun. Thank you so much for your suggestions and your submissions. We will catch you next week.